Hello, this is Frank Falvey with Frank Presents. And on our series of candidates running for town election, I would like to welcome Dasha Vidira to the <laughs> studio. Welcome. Thank you, Frank. Thank you. Dasha is running for the school committee in the town of Franklin. Yes. Dasha, where did you grow up? I grew up in Foxborough. I was born in New York, in Staten Island. Um, and then when I was around the age of two, my parents decided to kind of take us out of city life and move us to the suburbs in Massachusetts. And I had a wonderful opportunity growing up there. And I don't know, I, I used to figure skate. So we came to Franklin regularly. That's where I learned how to figure skate, was right here at the skating rink. So something in my heart always said Franklin, Franklin, Franklin. So when I actually was old enough to buy a place, our first place with my now husband, but boyfriend at the time, we purchased our first unit on Cottage Street and I was a sucker for Franklin ever since. So that, that was back in 2010 and wow. I'm very thankful for it. Wow. Yeah. Did you, Foxborough uh, always had a great uh, musical department in the high school. They did. Did you did you play it or sing at all? I never actually played a musical instrument. I mean, for a little while, I think it was the uh, recorder. I think yeah. everybody was kind of yeah. responsible to do that part. But I was a classical music lover, and I used to figure skate, so I cared deeply for the violin. So to me, that was kind of my ability to capitalize on music. Figure skating is. Uh, I go back to Tentley Albright, who, okay. who was in the Olympics, won the gold medal, and became a doctor out of the Boston Skating Club. Uh, and and I used to go to the uh, Ice Follies and the Ice Capades. Oh. And, uh, oh, the, those years were wonderful. Yeah, uh, that's wonderful. Oh, that's wonderful that you had that interest of doing that, too. So, so, so skating must have been... Uh, I can understand why you like classical music, yeah. because skating to classical music, depending on your form and how you skate, yes. uh, really fits. Yes. So how long did you do that? Uh, I skated probably for a solid 10 to 15-ish years, roughly. Um, off and on, I mean, for the most part, I was a good chunk of competitive figure skating where that was a big part of my life. And then as I got older, started making different choices and then kind of dabbled in coaching for a little while. But I started probably around like the age six, seven. I remember it was called the Ice Crystals um, here in Franklin, symmetric. Mm -hmm. And I remember my brother, he just went for hockey and I fell in love because these little girls right. used to come on the ice afterwards and all wearing the same kind of outfit. And I just remember telling my mom, like, can I do that? <laughs> Is that opportunity there? Um, and I took it very seriously for a lot of years. How far did you advance in competition? I got to the novice level, which I was very thankful for. Um, not too far, never made it to nationals or anything along that lines. Ironically, my skating coach at the time was hoping that I would be a homeschooled kid and really dedicated to that because I had a lot of opportunity um, and just potential. But my mom, I'm the oldest of four, so she said no. and. That was yeah. kind of that, and that was okay because that was definitely the right choice. Now looking back, but you, you look like a person that could run track, also. I well, funny enough, after high school, I mean, um, after skating in high school is when I kind of pivoted and decided to run cross country. So that was a big part of my life as well. Following two and a half miles in the fall. Yeah, I would run a lot. Um, the most I've ever ran was eight miles. Um, when I was pregnant with my son, I ran a lot. Um, I ran a lot when I was pregnant with my daughter. So I I really enjoyed running. It was a way to, I, I don't know, feel free yeah. or yeah. declutter my mind. Where did, where did you go to college? I went to Bridgewater State University. 
And then I have a graduate degree from the University of the Rockies um, in organizational leadership. From the University of the Rockies? Correct. And where is that? It's in Colorado. That was actually, that has an opportunity to do it online, and it was in the very beginning where anything that was online education was thought of as crazy. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, I, I took the plunge and I look forward now, and it's a lot of online schooling is happening these days, yeah. What did you, what did you major in at Bridgewater? Psychology. Psychology? Yeah. Testing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. And at Colorado? No, so I, since I took it online, um, I was not in physical Colorado. However, I was in psychology in the concentration in organizational leadership. I wanted, when I graduated from Bridgewater, I wanted to be a high school guidance counselor. Yeah. Um, but I graduated in 2009 and the economy had hit quite a lull um, that I was lucky enough to even get a job and someone knew someone that I was able to get a job working at, um, it's called Savis, but now I think it's CenturyLink, um, but operations specialist. And that was kind of what paved my way to go back to school. Um, I had a difficult time, I would say, in that category. I was one of the only female working in a very predominant male atmosphere. Um, so I would say there were some things that I would definitely say I disagreed on. Um, so when I got pregnant, life kind of changed the way I was treated and whatnot. So I was determined to change the world and went back to school for HR and was like, that's what I'm gonna do. And I believe there should be rights and, so yeah. wh what do you do now? So I was working in HR for a little while. That is where my path ended up going. And then yeah. I unfortunately lost my physical mobility after I had my daughter. So my life changed dramatically where I needed to be home and make myself yeah. more of a priority. Um, so whole food nutrition instantly kind of opened up and kind of taking maybe a few more holistic approaches and getting more in tune with maybe who I was and what our family needed. So now I've run an organizational leadership development program where I help parents um, and children recenter into themselves, get some organizational running through the home. Um, and it's, I homeschool my kids now, so the irony is it's paved out to really help families where the families thought about doing things differently because they had, I think, the courage and the strength um, because their home was more secured that they could do more leaps of faith, I think, in trying something new. Uh, what is, if you don't mind me asking, your ethnic background? You have the beautiful brown <laughs> uh, eyes. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Uh, um, I'm a huge American mutt, for sure. Uh, my dad is actually Costa Rican and Italian mixed with um, Puerto Rican, and my mom is Portuguese with a mix of Irish, English, and French. So I'm a You're bunch international. of. I am, yeah, my dad's first generation here. My mom, I think her family's been here for quite some time. I know there's some of um, the original settlers in Provincetown with Portuguese blood. So, I mean, we can still see our names on plaques and stuff. So that part's cool. The history's there, but I'm a huge mm. American mutt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really. Quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. And and the uh, Portuguese um, name yep. that you what what is your on your mother's side? It's Avila. Avila. Yes. Avila. Yeah, and I married a Portuguese man, so I went right back to the Portuguese roots. Apparently, with Badira now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you either one of you speak Portuguese? My husband does. He's first generation here. He's first generation. Yeah. And so, where did his uh, uh, parents? Uh, uh, come from before America. Um, I should probably know this better than anybody, but I am unsure on territory-wise. They met here in 
um, America. Uh -huh. So they're out of Cumberland, Rhode Island. So they're out of Cumberland. Yeah, there's a good mm -hmm. amount of Portuguese people there too. So I, their family's been here for a while now that, you know, there's aunts and uncles and mm -hmm. Mike has a sister. So there's a bunch of now kids. So yeah. where they're from, I am unsure. I've never traveled to Portugal. Homeschooling, you said you've been ho homeschooling for how long now? Since my son was in first grade, because he did traditional kindergarten at St. Mary's in Mansfield, because um, for a little while we were living in Sharon, uh -huh. we had an opportunity to do a live and flip. So we rented uh -huh. out our unit here in Franklin, did a live and flip, left there, went back to Franklin, we've been here ever since. But there was a time where he did traditional kindergarten, and then we've been homeschooling ever since then. So he's now 10, um, and now he actually goes to Sparhawk Academy. So he's my one child who's back in a school system, and I have my three other ones who are home with me now. So which academy does it go to? Sparhawk Academy. It's in Millis, Massachusetts. Okay. And so here in Franklin, if people are homeschooling, they're working with the Franklin school system. Um, you would write an ed plan and send it to the superintendent, um, who's Dr. Sarah Hearn, and then she would approve the um, ed plan and at the end of the year submit a progress report that they would re review um, and give you the approval where the year has been completed to do it again. And they're also entitled to any correct participating in any extracurricular activity within the Franklin School System. They are. Um, they are allowed to participate in that. However, I'm pretty sure at the high school level, I think they are no longer allowed to participate in extracurricular activities, I think, unless they go to the Franklin High. But that I would need official follow-up mm -hmm. for. So being a homeschooler, what is motivating you to be on the school committee here in Franklin? Um, I think definitely a, a diverse outlook where, you know, I definitely think I had insights that I wanted or expected of a school. And then as life kind of came, I started realizing that the responsibility really relies on the parent and the environment that the child's in and making sure that they feel safe, loved, and secured. Um, so putting, you know, my, my child, I guess, in a different atmosphere really gave me an understanding of what that could be like or open up to. So for him, when he was in kindergarten, um, very high anxiety environment for him. Um, easy kid to be marked as severe ADHD. So to give him what he needed, um, he needed to be in a different atmosphere. And we had chosen at that time to put him in a Catholic school because when we first moved to Sharon, we were like, oh, you know, we can do a live-in flip for a little while. The school systems are great. Um, let's start there. And then we just had really good insight with a couple of people. We had a mother's helper and a nanny. One had just graduated from the high school. Um, and the mother's helper, who was about like nine, 10 years old, who just wanted to like donate her time to help, really high anxiety, really high anxiety. Um, so it allowed me to kind of get some insight to be like, I'm unsure if this environment is going to serve my son. So we chose a Catholic school. I figured at least we could have it under the governance of God, um, a smaller ratio, uh, and take it from there. And it was hard because he had a really tough time. He had a really tough time. So I had to emotionally and I would say mentally repair some of the damage from one year that could have done. Um, and that has allowed our whole family to evolve in ways that, you know, our children are actually guiding us to make different choices or look at things differently because um, I do think a lot of us are changing. 
So looking at that and seeing the experiences that we've had and then working with families and children directly um, and helping to lead a co-op as well, I mean, I have seen magical things happen with children. Um, children pulled out of private school, children that have been pulled out of public school, um, families that have truly embodied the responsibility of being the parent um, and, and an emotional forefront even for their children to create a safe environment in their home, but then matched with like-minded community members, um, you know, maybe giving them the, the variety of more project-based education. Um, when I look at the public school system and I think of some of the kids that have come out, I really have seen a, an increase in mental health that going through the experiences that I have with my son, I do believe that I can offer a tremendous amount of in, in, insight um, from a, maybe a, an extreme difference, but you know, I really don't think it's that extreme when we start to really categorize how bad our social media situation is, our mental health situation is. Um, it's going to require, I think, a lot of diversity and different outlooks to really conquer what's needed to get these kids to thrive. Um, that I, I figured now would be the time for me to try to say or do something. <laughs> You're, you're uh, as a parent in homeschooling, right? Yes. You probably have a very wide degree over selecting the books and the curriculum. Yes. Uh, and, and exactly uh, what you're teaching and how you're teaching it. Yes. Is, is that one of the things that you are most proud of about homeschooling? I think so, for sure, because um, you could really see who your child is and, and meet them where they are and build off of it. So, uh, you know, you can really develop some levels of courage and confidence and leadership skills catered to the child. And if anyone has multiple children in their home, I mean, every, yeah, they're all being raised under the same roof with the same parents. However, each child is emotionally, physically, and mentally different, and their interests and hobbies are dramatically different. Their ways of learning are dramatically different. That to, to have a one-box-fits-all philosophy in any way, shape, and form, to me, is very dangerous. So, so as a school committee member, how do you transform that into the school system, or do you even want to do that? Um, I think that there is absolutely room for discussion in that. I think that will still take some time to have an openness to even maybe thinking of educating differently. Um, but I really think, you know, helping parents learn, you know, their responsibility as well, or maybe even themselves kind of getting more organized um, in an in everyday basis is actually going to allow that hand-holding experience of what's going on in the schools or what direction the schools are trying to go in, but also giving something tangible, predictable, and securable for the parents to lock in too, so that way it's coming from both angles. Um, you know, parents, first of all, have very, very insignificant input into the curriculum That's or correct. into what's being taught in the school system. That's correct. The school committee members themselves have practically no input into the curriculum or into uh, how the schools are teaching. That's correct. Your main job is to hire the superintendent. Yes. How do you feel, have you enough information to make a judgment of how the superintendent and the school system is performing? I think right now, um, because of the lack of, say, parents have, um, 
we have gotten to a place where they're very unaware, I think, of what has happened in the schools. Um, that, you know, the outcome and the product is, I think parents now know something's off, but what is it and how deep is it and can we get involved now? Um, so I, I kind of think the situation that we're in right now has, yes, parents have come forward. I think the blessing of COVID has really shown you know, their kids are really struggling. I mean, children that are on IEPs, they're thinking they're getting fulfilled in some ways to find out, actually, my child really is struggling with this, and now I can see it because I'm sitting here with them and I'm watching and observing um, and processing and I, I, something needs to change. Um, now, I want to be very clear that we are not talking about any discipline or problems uh, with children in the school. We are talking about the curriculum and the, the educational needs of the student. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Um, I, yes. I also think, too, that a lot of discipline issues come with maybe the wrong educational plan or the environment for a child, that I do think that there's a level of misdiagnoses in certain ways, um, that they can be paired together if they're looked upon in a way where we're looking at the whole student individually. Um, right now, it's very challenging, I think, to cater to all the diverse needs that we have going into the school because everybody has something that they need assistance with to some degree. Um, Being on the school committee, you will be on some uh, subcommittee. Yes. What subcommittee would you like to serve on? Um, I think since I'm so new at this, I, I think I, if someone could hear my perspective and give that a chance, I would trust enough that I could be assigned to the right position, whether that be, you know, the community making a choice or the current subcommittee uh, members making a choice. I, I would trust that and, and trust where I needed to go, because if someone was willing to hear my viewpoints on something. Um, to me, I think that's a level of trust that I would be interested in building off of, especially because I would be new in this realm of learning um, or catering to the public. What criteria would you use in voting for the chair of the school committee? Um, well, I think after COVID has happened, it's definitely shown that a lot of mental health can come from a lack of personable interactions and face-to-face -face contact. That I think one of the best things would be trying to get more physical face-to-face -face conversations going, um, to read people's body languages more, to understand people more, um, even just taking that approach and trying to assess, I guess, what would be the best position for the chair. Um, I, I, I'm looking to remove myself from the screens more and get more in present form as best as possible. So I think there requires certain levels of you know, community gathering or um, seeing how people are in real life, really looking at, is this person the best person for this position? Do you feel that uh, there is too much Board of Education uh, requirements around curriculum and testing? I do. And, and how, how, how does that need a change or what, is there a certain uh, requirement that you would like to see change? 
I think the first seven years of a child's life really do help to shape the emotional and the mental and the psychological being of a child's when their parents are, for the most part, present, um, or at least some kind of emotional anchor being present in their life. That I, I, I think if we really start to see, you know, an age seven-year-old could actually be emotionally closer to an age five-year-old, and they could be having a temper tantrum in class because something happened and something triggered them, and we need to support them and meet them where they are, but they're seven and they're supposed to to be acting like this. Um, so I think there needs to be some flexibility in probably the first seven to eight years of the children's lives where instead of it being so academic focused, we are allowing them to have the freedom to kind of explore and be creative. And you know, a lot of that is free range. Um, and that's a very different philosophy in, I would say, a board of educators understanding of curriculum design. Um, but I would focus predominantly at the younger age group and try to work with who is surfacing within the child and try to find ways to build support around that. So if you have you know, this young five-year-old who's determined that they wanna be a firefighter and that seems pretty consistent because we've given them the environment and the space to really embody that that's what they wanted to become, well, how can we support this little five-year-old that's now seven, who's now ready to get into middle school? How can we actually establish their dream to come true because they know what they want to do because we gave them the tools to do it at a younger age? Um, mm -hmm. yeah. The uh, Franklin has a very large youth population. Yes. Uh, I, overall, including the school system, but including recreation in the town itself. Do you believe we're providing the services that are needed for all the age groups under 18, or is there anything that you notice that is missing? Um, that I, we think, don't have. I think first and foremost is we have a lot of consistent belief systems on a lot of the similar committees or um, cultural groups or um, I would say family, parent, advisory boards, things along those lines that sometimes that part concerns me thinking that we could have repetitive names um, on certain things because I do think that it blocks the ability to offer that diverse component. So if, if, if one way is the way it is right now because we do have similar names sitting on similar um, positions or committees. There is a, 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 there's a lot of room for error and I know I do not think that we would be providing the services that we need within the youth because I think it's a, um, unfortunately biased in some, some retrospect there. Do you believe Franklin is really at a nuts and bolts place of being more diverse ethnically? In other words, are we actively seek, seeking, and would you, would you be actively seeking more ethnically diverse teachers and custodians and uh, in the hiring in the Franklin school system? I think it's how we define diversity. Um, or right now, I think diversity right now has to do more so with the color of skin. Um, than it does, or ethnic group behind it, when I really think that it, diversity has to do with maybe it's different ways of belief, different ways of living, um, different ways of healing. I mean, for us, I mean, our family has gone through um, challenges that have altered our way of thinking in a positive way because we have gained success, but to maybe look at the medical field even through a different lens. and and honor what it's there for, but maybe for everyday care on a daily basis, there's other things that I can do. Um, I had to learn that because I lost my health, but I gained it back through 
some level of self-control and, and willpower to, to be here today. Um, so I think that alone is another outlet of diversity, that there needs to be room for conversation, that maybe things that we know today could actually mean something entirely different if we just turned the corner and maybe looked through a different door. What's the question that I haven't asked you and you just came here and wanted to talk to about? <laughs> um, I think first and foremost, what would you, which I know this might get personal, but what would you really want to see Franklin become? Or how can I better serve Franklin, especially given how long you've been here? Um, what would you like to see? Because I would like to keep some levels of integrity of this town tremendously. What would I like to see or what I would like <laughs> to see in you? Probably in me. In um, you. Yeah, but in it, you. but 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 for your own, you know, cares of what you but what matters to you, um, yes, what would that look like and how can I help make that happen? <laughs> well you you seem to be a parent concerned about his your children. Yes. Which I always was myself and probably was the parents that spent the most time relating between the school system and the children. So I see the need to support that level of parenthood. We are here in a Franklin Cable studio that the Franklin High School and all the Franklin school systems have their own channel, cable channel. I would love to see direct reports or programs on that channel mm. to inform parents of what's happening in that school on at least a weekly basis. Oh gosh, so that great. you have communication between the school and what's going on in that school and the parent. Mm. Because I believe that is one of the ways, if you really want to build a village and community and you're concerned about your own children, it's, it's one of the, the ways that it, it, you could have clear uh, understanding both ways. So yes. once the parent sees what the high school uh, auditorium speaker was saying and what the principal was saying yeah. that they expect on opening day of high school students, okay, they have a much better chance of relating with their students. Yes. And I took up too much time. But <laughs> would you support that? I, you, I, that, that sounds would, music to my you, ears. Would yeah. you actively uh, I would love that. to communicate and, and fight for that opportunity. I think that's a wonderful asset that could be added. Dasha Vidira, yes. how can people reach you? Um, people can reach me by my website, which is dasha at freedom.com, um, and my email address, which is dasha at freedom.com as well. Um, I would love to communicate with anyone that has questions that I can answer, um, and thank you for being open to it. I gotta ask one last question. Sure. Why do you have freedom.com in your email <laughs> um, or your website? Honestly, I think I our family has gone through some situations in life where I've realized that freedom is definitely an opportunity that well is a privilege to some degree. Yeah. Says, says to me yeah. that that is a right wing Republican 
a saying. It could be, yeah. It absolutely could be. Okay. Yeah, it absolutely could be. Um, I think, you know, the funny thing is, is no one can ever usually figure me out. And I, I kind of like that to some degree because I definitely think I fall more on like an independent concept where there's a little bit of over here that I like and a little bit over here that I like. Um, and how can I merge them in a successful way while still standing up for myself and saying, no, I, I'm going to choose something else. Well, welcome. Thank you. Uh, Dasher and I both want to see you on November 2nd at the Franklin uh, Gymnasium outside. Uh, and uh, you remember you can not only vote from 8 to 6, uh, from 6 to 8 on November 2nd, but you can mail in a ballot and you can also vote in person at the town clerk's office. Uh, thank you for coming in this series and uh, uh, a wonderful campaign. Oh, thank you. Thank You're you very welcome. much. Thank you. <laughs>